1: Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 71 of the Mom Hour. I'm Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers, and today we're talking about our furry and fuzzy and feathered and, I don't know, scaly, scaly friends. We're talking about pets, kids and pets. And um, gosh, we both had a variety of different animals in our ho- in our homes, right? Yeah, yeah. I thought this
0: would be fun because we have never talked about this. Never. Um, it having pets in your home or whether to have pets in your home when you have little kids running around is sort of something to talk about, and there's it all is. different ways to approach it. Um, I think we should say off the bat, neither you nor I is like the world's most we love our dogs, like my dog is my child type of no. people. But we, however, both
1: have pets. I have to say so, something before yeah. I had kids, I was a total animal nut. Okay, then I had kids and they kind of sucked up all that, yeah. Like nurturing? I, I would guess. agree. I would agree. I also changed. Were you okay? Let's start with this. Are you a cat person or a dog person? I'm a cat person. And I can't Me I, too. I can't have cats because dog's allergic. And so there's like a longing in my heart for a cat. <gasps> I didn't know this about I didn't you. know this about you.
0: I know. And this is another thing that changed with kids because Brian only became allergic with our last cat. And so we actually did own a couple cats together in our early married life. And I am, I like dogs, but I am a cat person at heart.
1: It shouldn't surprise us, right? We both like to cuddle and watch TV, but neither of us has cats. This is fascinating. I know. It is fascinating. And, you know, growing up, I would have maybe thought I was a dog person more just because, I don't know, you play with them. And I always had cats. I always had two cats growing up. We always had two cats and a dog. I feel like every stage of my life, two cats and a dog. Yeah, that was... And Brilliant. so the cats would like lay on me at night yeah. and I would lay perfectly still and let them just stand me. And I wouldn't even go to the bathroom or anything because I didn't want them to get off. And, but then we always had a dog and the dog was fun. You could take it for a walk. You could throw a ball, whatever. But I think having kids made me kind of over slobber. Yeah. And, and that. And litter. And, and, well, and li- people on, like things on you, like dogs eating yeah. you. That's when I think I like firmly turned the corner into cat person.
0: Well, actually, you know, that's so interesting. I think I'm the opposite. I shifted more to dog person because litter boxes and like the thought of cats walking around and even jumping on counters and tables, which mine used to do. And it didn't gross me out before I had babies on the floor. And now from like a hygiene perspective, cats gross me out a little bit. So I think I've gotten more. Now, if you gave me a kitten and said Brian wasn't allergic, I'd be all over that. But I would try to probably have it like go to the bathroom outside or have the litter box like way out in a garage or something litter boxes do,
1: yeah they're gross and you do there's a certain tolerance for things like poop and pee yeah. and mess and things where they're not supposed to be that I think you just hit like a level you just max out on right when you yeah, have, you ba- can't have one more children. thing right. that's gonna throw up on the carpet I do um, feel like now the older my kids get though the more I feel like I could go back in that direction like yeah for a while I was like nope but, I mean, we've had pets, but they haven't been my pet. You know, they've been, like, the right. family pet. I feel like I could have my own pet again, whereas for a long time I was just disinterested. So this yeah. is interesting.
0: That is really funny. Okay, well, I did not know you that you were a cat person at heart, and I definitely am, but I've not had a cat in several years and probably won't. I don't know. I feel like it might be a fake allergy. Like, Brian might be lying because <laughs> he was <laughs> No, he... Uh... He is the type of person who has allergies flare up really randomly, you know, like where you can't always trace it. And our second cat that we had together was not long hair, but definitely medium
1: hair and that's when it started. So I do yeah. feel like with the right cat. <laughs> I agree. You know, John and, and John's allergies have gotten better over the years. He used to be like, de- like you could not have had him in a house with cats 20 years ago. Right. He would have been miserable. Now he's really gotten to where he can tolerate certain animals. And so I'm not trying to push it or anything, but like several of the kids keep saying, what if we got a cat? What if we got a cat? So I don't so know. It think- could happen one day. Maybe. Maybe but I'll have my own kittens. little my own apartment with a cat in it. I'll just Did go you visit get, the cat. <laughs> you just have a cat apartment? I always wanted a, like
0: a kitten, like a kitten foster, like a kitten rotation where I could uh-huh. just have kittens all the time. I used mm. to really want that.
1: When we get together next, let's just yeah. like go pet kittens somewhere. <laughs> let's
0: totally do that. We can go on a field trip. Let's,
1: yeah, that is awesome. Oh my gosh. My,
0: our first cat together, we got from this family who lived way out in the Chicago suburbs and the litter had been um, found like behind a barn, which is basically like the best possible kitten scenario. So they brought them in and they were like bottle fed. And so we brought her home at like eight weeks or nine weeks, but I had pictures and stuff of this family. Like that's what I would do. I would bottle feed kittens.
1: (laughs) That sounds great. And I remember having strays when I was a kid. I was also the kid that like the strays always followed home. Oh, like, so I would have like a little train of cats sometimes following me. My mom would be like, are you kidding me? Not again. So
0: this episode is headed
1: so many amazing places. I, I just, know. I feel like we should pause
0: for any new listeners that, so, um, we're not always this quite this head, over, of head over to the If you want substantive parenting discussions, otherwise just keep tuned. listening, just keep listening for more on kitty litter. Um, okay. So we've kind of talked about our, where we, how we grew up with pets. I think very similarly, I have to say one more thing on the dog versus cat person is this is one way where I've become my mother. Like my mom thinks cats are sweet and cuddly, but I just remember her, we had cats who would like pee in the house and once a cat Mm. pees in the house, then they keep doing it on that spot. And I just remember my mom feeling really frustrated about that. And she still let us have cats and she liked the cats as furry friends, but just feeling so grossed out and frustrated by things like Peeing yes. in the house or whatever, um, and now I, that's kind of how I feel. If I thought about having a cat, is they're great when they're just cuddling with you, but some they can be. They don't always. So, they don't yeah. always. Yes. Uh, obey.
1: All right. <laughs> well, they never obey, but they don't always cooperate. Yes, the exactly. Works. They do what they want. Um, Okay, so tell us about the creatures in your house right now because okay. you have more than I do. So well, we have our dog Moxie. She is about seven. We got her when Claire was about a year old. Um, And she is a German short short hair pointer, like purebred on one side, obviously, Her that was her mom. And then her dad is question mark. We think, I mean, her face looks just like a beagle's face. Yeah. She's got this
0: odd body. I mean,
1: she's adorable, a very, very pretty dog, but she's got this like, she's kind of fat right now. Uh So she's got this oddly squat body and her legs Uh are really skinny. So she doesn't look comfortable. Like I'm kind of feeling like she needs to go on a diet because she just doesn't look like She's supposed to be built that way. You know, right. like obviously she's got this, you know, um, German to her, her pointers are very, like, I think, like long legged, muscular yes. dogs. And they're lean. Yeah, and very they're lean. lean. Like hunting dogs. Yeah. And she's kind of got this squat, like, beagly body on these, like, long uh-huh. legs. It's, it's odd. <laughs> and her head is, like, kind of like a little pinhead now. But anyway, she is the most chill dog. Like, she, what it, we got her from the Humane Society. And uh-huh. the reason there was like a bunch of her in the litter and I liked her because she was just this like super submissive, almost like passive aggressively submissive, mm-hmm. but you'd walk up and she'd immediately flip over on her back and be like, don't judge <laughs> yeah. me or you know, don't reject me. So took her a while to got, to stop being quite so skittish. Her only fault is that she loves peanut butter sandwiches and she will steal one right out of your hand. If you, you know, she's gotten a little less spry lately, but when she was right. a puppy, she would, you know, jump up on the table and eat peanut butter jelly right. sandwiches. She's a carb, like a carbaholic. Um, so that's been a little bit of a challenge, but otherwise she is the the sweetest, chillest dog ever. So she's great. Um, we also have a hamster who is a long hair Syrian. I think is the name of them. Um, they're so just fancy. kind of the, the ones you see at you know PetSmart. It's um like a tan color, and he is the cutest. He's got his own Instagram account, which is at, oh, cheese, yes. we have at not- cheese Hands. We have not talked about Scotty Cheese hands in a few episodes. So no, he hasn't possible. really been his Instagram has not been updated. He is a very bad social media star, but um he's just so cute. He's just fluffy. He's like a fluffy little fuzzball. And Clara likes to talk about how the fact that he's only bitten her once and it was like right at Christmas when we got him for her and he's okay. never bitten her uh, since. So he is Clarice. I couldn't he remember. He is Clarice, so yes. Okay. And then we currently have a gecko, but it's not like a leopard gecko like what you probably are used to seeing. It's um, it's a little guy and it's uh, like a I don't know, jungle gecko. I mean, I don't even know what the what the correct okay. tra- like a rainforest type gecko. So the cage has to be kept moist. So okay, like really oh, we've, okay. we've had leopard geckos before. And this one's more interesting to watch because he's super fast and funny, like and kind of funny looking, but you can't really hold him because he's so fast. Okay. You know? Okay. He could get and away with where does he live? Like what child does he's he He is Williams.
0: Okay. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor.
1: Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like calorie smart, protein plus, and keto. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to FromOurPlace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's FromOurPlace.com, code MOMHOUR. So Moxie is sort of Jacob's, but really is the family dog. Yeah. And then the two other pets belong to specific kids. Okay. I have so many
0: thoughts and questions about these, like, you know, smaller caged creatures. Cause yes. I feel like that will be like the next phase of my parenting. Life. Right. And that we, we pushed so hard on that as kids. We had bunnies. We we never had a guinea pig. And, um, my mom has like a deathly fear of rodents. Like, you know how some people it's yeah. spiders, some yeah, people yeah. like she let us get, we had two rats at one point, which is pretty much like kudos mom. It's pretty much like her worst nightmare. And we had two <laughs> pet rats. And then later I had a pet mouse and I feel like we just always used to really pushed to get these creatures and swear that we'd keep their cage yeah. clean and that we wanted we it so bad and we'd play with it every day. And then we kind of did Just or we kind of didn't. Yeah. I did like my mouse. I thought the the mouse was my... The rats were kind of nasty, actually. I think we set them free in a field <laughs> after a few years.
1: It was so and bad. And so I heard they make great pets, but... Rats. Yeah. So how has this, how has this
0: worked? Have you guys wor- been worn down by requests or has these um, just been a natural
1: decision making process? And did the kids take care of them? So I can go back a little further. Cause of course over the yeah. years we've had others. So we also had a tortoise for a while. That was Isaac's. Um, he was the forgotten pet. We also had a leopard <laughs> gecko at one point who was the other forgotten pet. And early, early on, I think the kids had like, you know, Jacob and Isaac when they were really little had like two different hamsters, one of whom. Got free. We never saw him again, and one of whom got free, and we did see him again, but not in a living state. So, right. um, I will say, growing up, I had a very positive hamster experience. My okay. my mom got a guinea pig for my brother and I for Christmas, brought it home, immediately decided, like within a day, there's no way. I mean, they make weird no- noises. They're kind of big. Yeah. If they bite you, I mean, it really kind of yeah. Like, and they can be stinky. And yeah. she was like, Nope. So we took it back and traded it in for two hamsters. And their names were Melissa and Twiggy. And mine was a long hair and um my brother's Twiggy was mine was Melissa and John's was Twiggy and they were sisters. And we kept them in the same cage till they started violently fighting. And then we split them up. And <laughs> just like siblings. Yes. They apparently hamsters do not like to live in a cage together. So this was it was nasty. Like we had to be like they drew blood. So yeah. we had to break them up. And um so Melissa became mine and Twiggy became John's and Twiggy would sometimes break out of the cage and then fall asleep on my brother's pillow. So this is what these pets were like. They lived until they were 5 years old. I mean these I don't really think hamsters often do that, especially, okay. you know, that. I mean I think their lifespan is supposed to be 2 to 5, but you kind of know okay. yeah. most aren't gonna. I mean they were like 5 pushing 6. They died of old age um, within a few weeks of each other actually, even though they didn't live together anymore. And they were just great, great pets. So when I grew up, I really thought I would want a hamster. And, you know, the first two ones we had was just disastrous, I think, because my kids weren't old enough to tame them themselves. Mm -hmm. And I was a little skittish about taming them. Like, I didn't really want to handle them that much because I was just afraid of getting bitten. Um, So we waited, you know, a long time. In the meanwhile, then we had the leopard gecko, who was a very easy pet, just really boring. Yeah, And then the tortoise, who was another easy pet, but just really boring. And that's the yeah. that's what happens with boring pets. They're boring. Yeah. So everyone forgets they exist. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what happens. Um, And then this year, you know, the kids had been honest about getting, like, William really wanted a gecko and Clara really just wanted something. She just wanted a fuzzy pet. She didn't really care yeah. what. And we couldn't think of any great. And John was like, no, absolutely not. And I was like, no, absolutely not. And then a couple of days before Christmas, we were out shopping. And I said, wouldn't it blow the kids' minds if they got... A hamster and a gecko. Like, wouldn't that just make yeah. the whole Christmas? And so we both kind of were like, let's do it. And so we did, and it was great. It went I and mean, they were so excited. Clara could not contain herself. And it's been great. She really tamed Scotty Cheese hands. And everyone helped. Like they would carry him around in their pockets and you know, when he was really little, and have him like up their sleeves. And yeah. He basically was just held from the day we brought him home. So he became very, very tame. And he doesn't get held as much now. Right. Um, he's also gotten really really fuzzy and so he looks huge but most of it's fur so he's just like this big puff ball um but he's Is his
0: cage in clara's room or no it's downstairs habitat. i find that
1: that's better i need otherwise mm-hmm. i'll forget i just need to be able to keep an eye on it so right that when you know when i think about it i'll be like oh i'll give him some water or whatever um but clara you know comes home from school and she checks in on him every day and like we'll get him out and carry him around and play with him and then put him back and yeah so do they help feed and clean they already pretty good about we that we actually got these I don't know why I didn't figure this out earlier, but we got these trays that you just pop out of the bottom of the cage. Okay. So they have all the shavings and stuff in yeah. it. And I don't, I used to do like the hard thing, like where you'd have to dump the, aqua- like an aquarium out, right. and like scrub right. it out. Now we just have a kind of a stand, like a habit trail type cage. That's a uh, uh, metal. Okay. And it has all the little doohickeys, like the little, yeah. you know, tunnels and stuff. And then it's just got like a little thing you pop in and out, which makes it so much easier to keep their cages yeah. clean. Yeah, and you know they get a little smelly, but they're not too bad. They're not too bad. So, and the gecko's cage smells weird because a lot of it's moss. I mean, it's like a mossy, like, right? Substrate it's stuff. It's moist, so it smells kind of like swampy, right? But not. You can't smell it across the room. Like you have to kind of come stick your face up by it to smell it. And, the, and he's little he's serious, so little too. he doesn't make a lot of poop. You know. Right. Right. So, and that's in the main area too, not in William's room. That's in the main area too. We have like yeah. a living. We have a sort of room off of our living room. That has like the computer and, you know, just right. some random stuff in it. And that's where we keep them. Okay. Good. So what about it's, you? Good to you know. Tell me your okay. pet Well, history. we are petless right now. So I've mm-hmm. mentioned a couple of times
0: on this show. So regular listeners know. So we had a dog for 10 years. We got her. Um, so we had backing up to the cats. We had, we got our first cat like the day after we moved into a shared apartment, Brian and I, I was so excited to have a pet because all oh, through sure. college and post-college, you know, I didn't have any of my own pets. So we had one cat, and then we added a second. Then we added a dog, I think the year we got married, right? Yeah, like after our honeymoon and stuff, and then a second cat. So before we had kids, at one point we had a dog, two cats, and a fish, which was just a fish. But that was when Brian was like, no more. If you want to have a baby, there's a one in (laughs) one out policy. Like there's like,
1: in fact, he's probably like, you got to get rid of two pets for every baby.
0: Exactly. Well, (laughs) and the fish died, I think the year I was pregnant and it was sort of like, okay, like I'm done taking care of, like we do, we need to like adjust the balance if there's going to be more humans here. Right. But we did have those two cats and our dog, we got the year we were married and she was a German shepherd, kind of like you were saying with Moxie, She's definitely ha- she was definitely half German shepherd for sure and behaved very shepherd-like, but whatever the other half was, was smaller and very lean. We mm. always like joked it was like a whippet or something. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that would work, but she sort of looked like a half grown German shepherd puppy her whole life. So she was about 45, Ooh. maybe 50 pounds. She had the black and tan markings like a shepherd, but she was very, very thin and not quite as furry as a shepherd, Okay. Um, but behaved very much like a German shepherd. She was a good, like, protector. She was never aggressive, but she had that, like, alert, like, yeah, has that do too. the perimeter and, like, check everything out. She was a great. She was so good with the kids and so just, she was great. Her, her faults were, I was thinking about when you said the peanut butter her downfall was meat. She wouldn't steal any food. In fact, she didn't clean up after my high chair babies, three babies in high chairs. Oh my gosh. She would like turn up her nose at all the droppings unless it was meat. So her, her, like where she would steal, you know, beg, borrow, steal, like kill for would be like hot dogs, bacon, chicken. Oh yeah. So that was her, but, and she was a bark. She, you know, she'd bark at stuff outside and she was kind of a jumper. She, ne- we never properly broke her of that puppy jumping habit. Yeah. She was super friendly. She was never aggressive and she was easy around people and other dogs, but she'd jump up on you to say hello, which was when we always had little kids, friends, yes. coming it was very, it could be intimidating. And it, for me, it was more like stressful because it's annoying to have a dog jump on you. And she was not a tiny dog. She wasn't huge, but she wasn't tiny. So but she was a really good dog, and she um v- had a very short battle with a doggy bone cancer starting about March of this year, two thousand and sixteen. So she we found out in March when she just started limping and um, and she was ten and a half. So she was old, but she not not old enough to like right. go that fast. um and then we had to put her down in June. So it was a quick. yeah, so we are, yeah, so we're we're pet free right now. We are definitely. I am starting to like get puppy fever a little bit or start to think about adding a pet. And I think going back to what you were saying, um, it, it's different when your kids aren't babies and toddlers anymore. Like we have a little more, a little more room to think about yes. picking up somebody's poop or training yeah. something or cuddling something. And I always think, don't you feel like there are like, um, social media users, like moms on Instagram and stuff who you can tell their kids are getting older because you'll start to see like, pictures of like yes. their cat curled up. Yes. lap? And and it is, I mean, I don't think it's, it's not, I'm not making fun of it. It just is what happens. Like you no longer have like a human attached to you at all times. You're like, Oh my gosh, look at my cat. Isn't it cute? So I feel like this next dog that we get, um, will be a lot of 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 attention. It'll be mine. And, and I, you know, I'll be pretty bonded to it. I feel, and I do want to get a puppy. I know. I know there's big debates over rescues and puppies. And right now we're looking at the golden doodle labradoodle thing, which is kind of obnoxiously trendy and cliche, but my parents have one. It's an amazing dog. It doesn't shed. It's 25 pounds. It's like a really cute medium dog size. And, um, so I have experience with that breed, but I, I, you know, I can see both sides of the adopt and the shelter route. I just feel like, um, this is probably my kid's one puppy. Yeah. Like you know how you have that yeah. one puppy you remember getting as a puppy. This is with my
1: kids' ages. This is probably this that puppy. It. Yeah, so, I don't um, think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, there's there's different routes to everything, parenting yeah. and dog ownership. Now, I have to tell you, I forgot to tell the tale of of Renly, who was our, who was oh, some yes. kind of a doodle. I don't know. I don't think he was a, a golden doodle because he's not as big as what you're describing. Boy, well, they can be bred with all different sizes of poodles though. So a golden. Oh. Spe- so, so Golden Doodles and Labradoodles
0: can be bred the way they do it now is with all different sizes of poodles. So they're standard oh, okay. poodles all the way down to the tiny ones. Okay, And so... so yeah, that's what I thought kind of he was.
1: A doodle. Yes. He, so he was somebody... I mean, we did not have any. We already had a dog. We had no intention of getting another dog. But my... So Jenna's um, sister had... It's dog had a litter, and Jenna took one um, early, and it was adorable. And then one of the other ones that they thought someone was going to adopt, they didn't. And so this dog was available, and we got him around like f- four or five months old. The problem is at that okay. age, they've kind of already kind of gotten set yeah. in their ways. He was with a bunch of other dogs all the time, not as much with humans. So it was like he kind of – you know, it was just – it was a little late to break him, and I'm not a yeah. super. I'm not a really great, um, disciplined dog owner. I'm not right. really great with no. training and stuff like that. I would be like, Come here, snuggle in my bed?" And he loved attention, and he was adorable. Like even John loved him, and John is not a pet person. John could take early animals mostly leave. So <laughs> we had Renly for like a year, and he was just really in like really really high needs, and he would eat my shoes, but he would only eat like the same always the same um, foot. I can't remember if it was right or left. And I had a couple (laughs) pairs of shoes that I loved so much I ordered like another pair. And then he ate like the right shoe of that pair again. I think he was really, really smart. And I think he was just messing with me like all the time. (laughs) He started biting little boys butts when they would come over, but then he would do it so fast you wouldn't even see it. And then the kid would be crying. And at the time I was watching um, a friend's little boy and another friend's little boy was always over. And it was just little boys. He had a thing. He didn't like men and boys. So he would just like bite him in the butt. And then they'd be crying. I was like, what happened? And I, they couldn't tell me. And so we finally <laughs> caught him in the act. And then I think the last straw was he got up on my table, on my dining room table, looked right at me and pooped on my table. Oh, my God. Like he was basically challenging me. And I was like, okie dokie. So <laughs> we looked around. I asked a friend who was an animal lover. And I just said, if you know of anyone who has the attention, because I just realized Yeah. I did not. And she would get Moxie so riled up. Like Moxie was such a chill dog, but she would just like jump on her head and bite her ears until Moxie would freak out. And the two of them were always tearing around the house. It was terrible. So we found this young couple who had just gotten approved to get a pet and we brought Renly over there and they fell in love with him. And I just, I was going to like, you know, go check the house out and then come back. And they were like, oh, we're so excited. I was like, here, just take him. Just take. I have his leash and food stuff in the car. And I just thought it'd be easier. We just drove away. And it was funny because they would send pictures every now and then of, of Renly. And then one day I ran into the girl at like a bar in the, in the public, in the bathroom of a bar. And she's like, hi, uh, you're Megan, right? And I said, yeah. And I, you know, I kind of recognize her and she said, I'm Renly's new mommy. <laughs> and so then she talked about Renly and how happy he was and how much they loved him. And that made me happy because I know there's also yeah. a lot of controversy around rehoming and how that should yep. be a last resort. In our case, I should have done it sooner yeah. because he was so much better off with the family, with the, the couple he ended up with. Um, he was not the right fit for us. And I don't know that we could have told that right away, Right, but it right. you know became evident within a month or two. And I wish I'd just like, you know, I mean, I yep. didn't need to put myself through that, all that stress for yep. a year no, we, when there was a we, loving family out there for him. Exactly. No, I, I totally agree. We rehomed both cats
0: actually at different times for different reasons, but, um, And then as Brian got more allergic, one of them we gave to my brother because she loved to be outside and she was a great hunter and he lived in this cool house on a hill and we thought he, he, she could hunt scorpions (laughs) and he did have a scorpion problem and she she could go in and out. She couldn't do that in our neighborhood because she kept getting in fights with the neighbor cat. Anyway, so she did, we gave her to my brother and then she ended up sort of becoming feral in his neighborhood because she liked being outside so much and she wasn't super bonded to my brother. So we didn't think it through very well. But she was really happy. She, I mean, she had food at his house, and then yeah. gradually she just sort of, yeah. So that was not a great. I don't know. I guess you can't you can't beat yourself up over it. I think going into pet ownership mindfully is a good idea, but you don't know how it's gonna. Right. And I don't know. You're talking to the wrong person to, to make you feel guilty for rehoming. <laughs> <a> <laughs> job. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, so hmm, where should we go from here? I don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm curi- well, I'm curious about. Again, like the, the decision to get a new pet, and we maybe have talked about it a little bit, but because I'm thinking about getting a puppy, have you guys, when you've gotten a new pet, have you like had expectations for the kids to walk the dog, be part of the cleanup, yeah. yada,
1: yada, It just kind of worked out? Here's the, here's the thing with that. I think you could have expectations, but I think you have to be really realistic that sometimes it's just going to fall to you. Mm-hmm. And... And that's just, it's just going to have to get it done. I mean, you know what I mean? Like walking the dog. Yes. Uh, William walks the dog. Um, she's really strong, like, mm-hmm. crazy strong for her size. And also I didn't mention this before, but she is a hunting dog of some sort, you know? Right. So she can take off like amazingly fast. Right. And I've seen her jump up in the air, behead a bird in the air and Whoa. like come back down to the ground with like, the bird's body in her mouth. I mean, she's crazy. She, once she gets the tear, you know, she's getting better. She's chilling out with age. But once she gets after something, she's after it. And so I can walk her and John can walk her. Um, and the, the teenagers can walk her. William can now walk her. The other two, I would not let. So when we right. first got her, it was going to be Jacob's job. And he was only like 11 at the time. It was going to be his job to walk her. And really quickly, I realized I did not trust, you know, right her not to drag him into the street. I mean, it was just too risky. So stuff that I kind of thought would end up becoming his job ended up really becoming, you know, kind of mine. And we, Jacob and I did take her to obedience school together and she learned a few things, you know, I mean, but I wouldn't say she, she didn't become an excellent healer. Right. um, Right. Or anything like that. We just kind of learned to deal with, with walking her and like what that had to mean and how, like how attentive you had to be and how you kind of had to just be paying attention because she would see an animal and go, she'd see a squirrel and go nuts but she would just you know that was her instinct taking over so right things like feeding the dog i mean i don't it's, we all just rotate that job whoever's in the yeah. kitchen when i say hey feed the dog they do it they brush her yeah. um but i still kind of have to manage it a bit because no one's yeah. really taken ownership of her and i think right. that's just kind of in our house that's just realistic right maybe well, there's th- houses where it wouldn't be that way
0: well yeah and i think there's Um, there's a lot of benefits to kids, even little kids, to having an animal in the house. If you are, if you're not a pet family, if you can't have pets in your rental or whatever, it's not a big deal. But I think if you are, I think it doesn't really matter how the chores fall out. But Mm -hmm. I think if kids can, little kids especially, can learn what it means to take care of an animal or what it means to notice that the dog's water bowl is empty or that you know, just, just sort of as a way to like recognize, have that empathy and recognize the needs of another being. I always love all my kids have had classroom pets in all their preschool and even younger elementary. And I always, and I think the teachers do a good job of of doing that in the classroom too. I just think it's a good, as fast as we all move and as busy as life gets, there's something about that animal who depends on you for basic needs that Mm. it's great for kids to be involved and aware of that, you know, however that looks. Um, I think sometimes we have high hopes that a seven-year-old is going to be more responsible than realistically a seven-year-old could be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I, and I think for Clara, like the hamster is perfect. Um, the amount of care it needs isn't a lot. We can easily help with the cage, but she can take care of the food and water on her own most of the time. And she's also had to get good about setting boundaries for, like, if her friends or cousins come over and they want to take mm-hmm. Scotty out and she's not comfortable with, you know, what's happening, like, she's gotten pretty good about being vocal right. about that. And that's, you know, he he needs to go back in his cage or, like, we can't walk around with him and that kind of thing. Right. um You know, you have to sit still while you're holding him, that kind of thing. But I think, you know... A hamster's one thing and a dog's another mm-hmm. <laughs> and also it helps I really think it helps that she was not skittish about holding him. I think had she been really skittish about holding him in the beginning he right. would not be as good a pet as he is now so right that's another thing to keep in mind
0: um did you ever have pets when you had when you were bringing home newborns? you didn't have a dog at that uh, time but when you were ha- when you had little tiny yeah, babies I guess we had like a, a f-
1: we had like a turtle and stuff yeah
0: but not uh, no, uh, nothing, nothing I know that it's was out. A big- it's a big, um, can be a big concern of brand new parents if you've had, and that was more our, like we collected pets and then started having babies. So we had, I think when Allegra was born, we, yeah, like I said, we had a dog and two cats and, um, it can be sort of like something you attach a lot of importance to like, how is the dog going to get along or are there safety concerns? And I don't know, in my experience, it was not that big a deal. I think it is nice to, you know, introduce slowly, especially if you have a pet who's particularly um, protected, attached to you. Yeah. I always felt like our dogs and the dot my, you know, my parents' dogs and stuff, they, they feed off of humans like mm-hmm. energy. So if they see that you love a baby, you know, yeah. they are going to probably love the baby. Having yeah. said that, you know, there's definitely, you know, your pet and there's definitely safety things to think about or strategies to sort of like introduce that new person. Into I don't know the why pet. this I, is making me think of this but did
1: you ever read the book Socks by Beverly Clary?
0: Yeah but not since I was. Allegra read it recently or listened to the audiobook but yeah. I don't think I have amnesia when it comes to books. I read oh, it as no. a kid. I just reread I really it not remember.
1: too I mean like within the last five years and it's about a cat who is like the adored um, favorite of the house and then right. they bring home a baby and I don't know it's just you should read it sometime because it's just okay. kind of like about that. Um, it's like, a. I mean, it's, it's an easy yeah. read because it's a children's book, For but children. it's <laughs> I don't know, like all those Beverly Cleary books from that time period just give me kind of little warm fuzzies oh, anyway. Totally. Oh, and, I love them. Yeah. yeah. And this one's a good one. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest. I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day, and it could seriously use a refresh. But you know what's good to go? My shoes.
0: Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning. And every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out.
1: Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. that also reminds me of, Did you ever see that movie? And I can't think of what it's, it's like based on a book. And I think it had Owen Wilson in it. And it was about a dog. And the only thing oh, I was really, re-
0: Marley and me. Yes. Yeah. I read the book Marley and me. It's
1: a great book. I mean, it's a, like really, really, you know, I don't even know that I ever read the book, but I did see the movie and, um, in the movie, there's a, I'm sure this, am sure it's also happens in the book, but there's a scene where like they, you know, they love the dog and then they bring a baby home. And the dog won't start barking or something and, like, wakes the baby up and the mom is, like, freaking out at the dog. And I remember having so much empathy for her because it was like, ah, like, I know what that feels like, even if it wasn't an animal for me, but just, like, some other thing like screwing up naps or, you know, getting in your way when you're trying to get – all you want to do is just have, like, a five minutes of peace and here's this animal. So, anyway, that was another – that was a movie that I thought was kind of a good depiction of of that. Yes,
0: and the, yeah, and the and the book too. Um, yeah, it's so true. I mean, I really when I was kind of stretched very thin in terms of sleep deprivation mm-hmm. and a lot of small children, you know, the dog bore the brunt of my mood because I was yeah. could usually stop short of yelling <laughs> yelling at a infant. Yes,
1: but um, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, it
1: happens. It happens, it happens. exactly. Are, if you're if you're if you found yourself like flipping out on your dog, and then feeling guilty or, about it later, or your dog used to be like your baby and yes. now it's
0: just has four legs and eats and eats know, and gets in your way a lot. Generic yeah. brand food, yeah. yeah, that's part part of it. And then your kids will grow up and you'll want a puppy to treat like a baby and dress in outfits and stuff. that. So or if a your dog
1: of life. if your dog eats diapers. Oh, gross! My sister's dog ate diapers, and I remember oh. like thinking to myself, I just could not. I just could not handle that. There's just dog eats diapers. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's a deal breaker. breaker. Are there
0: any, (laughs) are there any dog breeds or other types of animals that you could see yourself doing in the future or
1: that you just like, and haven't, I really like big dogs. Uh Um, I don't think I'll ever have a big dog. Um, in, you know, I don't think John wants any more dogs. And I, I don't know that, like, I don't know that I would want to go through the training necessary to keep a big dog under control. I mean, they're big. They can really right. kind of own you if they want to. And, you know, they can do a lot of damage. So we had a great Dane growing up and I loved that dog. Loved her. I Maybe one day that. when great all the kids are out of the house. I don't know.
0: Yeah. We, um, yeah, just recently we were at a dog beach up in Santa Barbara with my parents and I definitely look at dog breeds now more because I'm sort of in the market. And I'm not, there's no great Dane in my immediate future either, but there was a gorgeous great Dane and we ended up talking to the owner and you know, she was very knowledgeable about the breed. And I I guess some of the negatives you hear is that they don't live very long and they can have health problems, which is true. Yeah, She only lived about seven. She had some kind
1: of uh, dysplasia of her hips, I think. And I think she had kidney problems. Like a lot went wrong with her, but she was, man, what a beautiful dog and just pretty chillax. I mean, she, she had her own love seat that she slept on (laughs) and then she just waited for us to get home. Yeah. They're
0: they're known for being really mellow despite their size and they're beautiful. This one at the beach was so pretty. So Mm -hmm. yeah, Yeah. it is, it's fun to think about the different, I grew up with golden retrievers and then a few rescue mutts, but mostly medium to big. I never had a huge, huge dog, like not, not, you know, 150 pound great Dane or something like that. But golden retrievers are big enough and then some, some rescue. So, but now, now the dog my parents have and have had for about six or seven years is 25 pounds. And that's more the kind of medium size. That's kind of what you I'm would go thinking for. of. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, it seems kind of cuddly. Um, just convenient. I don't know. Um, I think yeah, those I, are big dog considerations.
1: I think if I had to go back and, and time, I mean, I love Moxie and I'm glad we have her, but if I had to choose again, I would choose a dog that sheds less. That is one yep. thing I will say that drives me bonkers. I mean, there's hair yeah. everywhere all the time, and she never really stops shedding. She doesn't stop in the winter. It just it's a little bit less, right? But you know, it's the kind she's the kind of dog where you like you even we use the Furminator, which is a uh-huh. you know what those are? It's like that brush that ha- gets the undercoat, and then you yep, like press the button and the hair one pops one. off. <laughs> it's actually great. I love it. We use it all the time, and she just it just keeps coming. Like you pet her, and like your yeah. hand is covered with hair. There was one sofa that basically I've just given up on because it was the one that we let her sit on. Yeah. And it's, the weave is really loose. Oh,
0: and that's right. so yeah. the,
1: the hair just kind of like screws into it. So it's yeah. like a hair couch now. So when people come over, I'm like, don't sit on that couch. <laughs> that's the dog's couch. And then this other one over oh. here. Oh. <laughs> well, so, it's funny.
0: There, there have been some things that have been nice about not having a dog. And I can say that like rest in peace, Kona, <laughs> but, um, just the not barking, Brian and I will still kind of like, do that automatic flinch when there's a noise because we yeah. wait for the dog to bark and there's no dog barks so you can leave like a chicken breast out on the counter while you go get yeah. something and it won't be gone when you come back so yeah and you it's can a, travel. This very yeah travel, You're
1: travel. Not happy to worry about it
0: pet sitting yeah so um, I know I've mentioned on this show before that we use rover.com which is like matchmaking kind of like care.com and I yeah. think you can use care.com for pet sitters too but um, so that was good for us the last year or so. Um, but yeah, finding pet sitting is just, it's just one more thing to do when you're one going out thing. of town.
1: And we would yeah. always be like, uh, you know, getting ready and packing the car and be like, oh, who's going to take the dog to the kennel? You know, yeah. someone's got to yeah. do it. Yeah. Got to make sure you got all your stuff and like, it. yeah, it's, yeah. And it's not cheap if you're no. going like a boarding or kennel or dog
0: sitter route. And exactly. then if you're asking friends and, you know, so yeah, it, we are kind of in this interesting space where there's some definite simple, like we can leave the door open and, yeah. and she wasn't a huge runner, but she'd, you know, she, it was, I didn't leave the front door or the garage doors open while I was in and out doing groceries. Cause right. she might, you know, and so things like that, just like, Oh, this is simple. Mm-hmm. Life is simple with no yeah. pet,
1: but <laughs> it is, it is simple, uh, but you know, life is also simple with no children. True. So and we have not kind of, opted for that. route. Right. No, we've all, we've both gone in the multiple child route. So yes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I I guess I would always say to someone like if you don't feel like you're there, like don't feel bad if you grew up loving animals and thought you would be the biggest, the world's biggest animal lover and then you had kids and it sucked it right out of you. It doesn't mean that you have lost your humanity or that you, you know, don't still have that somewhere in you, but it's like, you know, parenting is um, overwhelming and it takes over like that part of that nurturing part of you. I think it just kind of becomes rerouted to babies for a while. It doesn't mean you won't get it back and then maybe you won't get it back and that's okay that's okay too. If you never no, It's pets, the no long, big.
0: it's the long arc that, yes. you know, that yes. Um, a couple more things I think that are worth talking about is if you don't have pets and, um, your children, you still want your children to be around animals, or if your kids are afraid of animals, mm-hmm. um, this is something that we, I feel like ran into with certain friends who would come over and be super afraid of our dog and just dogs in general. I think ours was, a moderate probably like not the scariest dog but right. not the least scary dog just cuz she did jump and she got excited. Um cuz that I think can be hard. Did, were any of your kids afraid of dogs in the in the years where you didn't no.
1: have No, I mean maybe a little maybe a little nervous around big dogs but no. Yeah. I don't remember that being a thing. they have always been it. around him. Like someone in the family always had them. Yeah. And big ones. Yeah. You know, so well- our kids too,
0: but we, we definitely had some friends who weren't around dogs a lot. And that like, you know, three and four age seems mm-hmm. to be like prime for, um, you know, those kinds of fears. So, you know, we, we got around it by, you know, I always knew if a kid or if it, if it was somebody I didn't know, I would, I try to remember to ask if they had any issues being around dogs and because Kona did jump up on people that, I mean, yeah. she was so friendly and she'd never hurt anybody, but it all it takes is once. And right. then they, she either knocks them down or. And it can be kind of stressful for the kids' parents, I think, because they say, oh, it's a friendly dog, yeah. it's a dog. But, you know, if you've had a kid with a major fear, it does not help to just say it's a friendly dog. I mean, it's a legit fear. So exactly. we've done everything from trying to put, you know, put the dog in another room. The problem with that is sometimes she'd bark and that mm-hmm. can be as scary as just, so I'd hold her on the leash. And um, one thing I think is really fun for little kids is to go to PetSmart or Petco or your local pet store especially if they're doing like the doggy daycare thing where kids can watch dogs running around without like needing to be up and in your face with them um that's always my kids love to look at the birds and the lizards and the snakes in PetSmart. we're not getting any of them anytime soon but I always tell new moms that pet better than like the zoo because you can right. get right up close and sometimes they're doing cat adoptions and you can get up close to the cats and so you know, if you, if you want your kids to be around animals or be exposed, but they're not in your home, you know, little things like that or petting zoos or whatever, just to kind of make sure the comfort level is there and have yeah. them enjoy
1: all the petting without. Yeah, the we've own- done that quite a lot. And I actually have this hilarious picture of, of us going to the pet store and having Claire going to pet the, pet the cats. And she's like, <laughs> look, this cat loves me. And then the cat bit her, like right no. as she was saying that. And she still talks about, it. she's like, remember that cat? She was super nice. It wasn't her fault. She's like, she went, like defends the cat. you know of course like it wasn't her fault I just must have scared her maybe I touched a spot on her back that she just didn't like it but remember you have that picture of her biting me and I do like the picture of the cat's you know fangs are like ah and like (laughs) sinking into Clara's arm and she's got this look on her face like ah but you know they learn about how not to touch you know how to you know and you don't want them getting bit in the face I guess by a huge dog or anything but that's a good way for them to kind of learn that there's limits and
0: Yep. No. Yeah. And I found like, at least at our pet smarts,
1: um, the, usually people who work in pet stores really
0: like animals. They're not always the best with people, but they right. like their animals. Um, but we've had like, they'll on a slow day, they'll get out some of the reptiles because Reed loves reptiles and, you know, teach him how to hold a lizard or a yeah. gecko yeah. or, you know, so yeah. it's, they, they're the there people for. there are nice and yeah. So, yeah. um, and then how about pets dying? I obviously I've shared our Story, but have you with the smaller pets
1: that don't live as long uh, you, yeah you guys i have to had, say that you, like the smaller pets have kind of gone into that night that could be yeah. without a lot of fanfare i have to say um we did so i have to tell you this quick story about our, our leopard gecko yeah because i don't know if you know this but they can drop their tails off um oh okay if there is if any some
0: le- leopards can i mean yeah. some leopards some
1: so, yeah yeah, so they, they'll drop their tail if they're scared or stressed or if they think that they're in danger, and they drop the tail, and then the tail flops around, and apparently that distracts the predator. Right. And the gecko can run away. Well, that happened when, I guess, ours was like, I don't know, not that old. Jacob was like five years old. And okay. I heard this blood-curdling scream, and I came in, and Jacob looked like he was in a horror – like he'd just seen cool. – like a like a ghost. He was – sitting on his knees with his hands over his ears, rocking back and forth, screaming. Oh. And I look over and I just see this tail like, <gasps> flop, <gasps> flop, that flop, would
0: flop. be stuff of nightmares. I
1: know. And I was like, ah, so I had to call John at work to come home and take care of the tail. Cause I was like, I can't pick up a flopping tail. And it just kept going. Like it did. I thought it would stop pretty quick and it didn't, it just kept going. So, but the gecko just <laughs> was kind of sitting there like, Hey, so I put him in, back in his cage and his tail grew back all weird and stumpy and he lived another like, I don't know, five or six years. I don't think it had anything to do with his death. Um, right. But it it was kind of funny. But anyway, by the time he died, I mean, I think everyone was just kind of tired of him. That sounds terrible, but yeah, he was just, I don't know. It sounds really bad but those that's what the thing about those reptile pets. Yeah. Unless someone's really into reptiles and I mean into feeding them and like checking out their environments and all that yeah. they're they just kind of lose their luster pretty quick. Right. Um, right. cuz they're not cuddly and they don't really do interesting stuff. Right. So no, we haven't really had a you know, when, when Scotty goes, it's going to be tough. And when Moxie goes, it's going to be tough, but we haven't experienced that with kids yet. How about, I know know you just did. Yeah.
0: Ours was like super intense. I mean, I think the things I'd say I did Google and read a couple articles on ours, because it was euthanasia, we had to put her down. And by the end we were very honest. We, we weren't honest the whole time. I mean, we didn't, we didn't provide full disclosure the entire three months that she was deteriorating um but it was gradual and age appropriate um toward the end but euthanasia is a hard thing to kind of explain yeah beyond just death and an animal dying um so yeah it was it was hard and i guess i yeah i did kind of google and read a few articles about talking to kids and how much i always i always lean toward more honesty and more disclosure but then you you know you do want to be sensitive to what what's age appropriate. Right. What One thing that I will say is interesting is um, Allegra and Reed understood it better. Of course they were six and eight. Um, but I think they also processed it more completely. So they were like intensely sad and then they kind of understood it and whatever. Violet still asks questions and talks about death. And first of all, I think all my three and four year olds have been kind of like passively interested in death in a very sort of like, <laughs> cute and surface level way. Right. Like, you know, like a bug is dead and what does right. it mean to be dead? But probably because of the age and because her understanding wasn't so complete or wasn't as mature. Um, she talks about it still, you know, three months later where the big kids don't, which I just think yeah. is
1: interesting. So she's, still, really, she's still trying to figure it out.
0: She's still trying to figure it out. She's still, um, she'll kind of almost make jokes about it. You know how kids yeah. do that when oh, you're yeah. a little uncomfortable or they don't know like what, how to bring something up. So I yes. guess like parenting advice wise, I think it's good for parents to know that it's really normal for kids to be curious about death and they don't always, it doesn't always have to be like a big heavy talk. Like, yeah. I like, I've tried to make it more like almost a lighter issue when it, not, not the feelings about Kona dying is not a lighter issue, but like being able to talk about like something being alive and something being dead, it doesn't yes. always have to be fraught. Yeah, um, no, I agree. Because it's part of life, you know? But yeah, it is interesting. And I think, um, yeah, it depends on the age of the kid. Right. You know, when they're really little, you can, it's almost say nothing and they barely notice. Right. And then as and they the, get, as they yeah, get older. pilot's age is probably the trickiest because they're aware and they ask lots of questions, but their understanding isn't going to
1: be At quite capable
0: yet. Yeah. You know, Three, four, five-year-olds. So
1: that reminds me when uh, my niece Ruby got a hamster at Christmas. She actually went through like three hamsters this year. It's not, or two hamsters and a guinea pig. It's not been a good rodent year for Ruby, and she's very <laughs> into her animals, so it's even yeah. worse. Um, but they found one of the hamsters dead in the cage, and Luna, who was at the time like four going on five, they came downstairs, and you know Ruby's crying, and then finally she calms down, and Luna goes knock knock, and my brother oh. said who's there? And she goes a widow dead hamster. <laughs> And then Ruby starts crying again and it was like my brother texted me he just couldn't stop laughing. He had to leave the oh, room. Obviously he didn't yeah. want Ruby to see him laughing, but he's like, "Oh my goodness, what? How?" But she just didn't so know what to do with sweet. it. She didn't it's It was so
0: sweet because they do yeah. like she did notice that her sister was upset and she was trying to
1: like right. tell a joke. I mean, you can see how like how for a 4-year-old that would sort and of It was just fun. like totally the wrong like it just landed like a lead balloon, but
0: Yeah. Uh, Oh, well, I think probably having some of these like smaller, lower maintenance pets, if that's what you choose to do in a way, the deaths are easier, you know, like a a family dog is going to, the stakes are higher. The bond is longer. So yeah, I don't know. Little, little deaths, having little fish funerals, you know, is good in a way for, you know, that to be part of what kids experience without maybe the total trauma. I would love love to
1: hear from listeners who have like horses and stuff that fascinates me. Yeah. People with like like serious animals, like, like livestock, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Like chickens. Yeah. Um, yeah, How do you deal with that? Especially when, when they're not really pets, like they are pets, but that maybe at some point Uh they're going to get eaten.
0: Right. You know,
1: that would be a totally fascinating thing to hear from someone else about. So please, if you're in that position or if you've gone through any of the things we're talking about now, if you're a more experienced pet owner than (laughs) if you're a more intensively experienced pet owner than we are, um, A less kittens, lackadaisical but, pet ex- owner than me, I, I guess. If you
0: have kittens currently that Megan and I can come to your house oh, and hold, yes. let us know. Yeah, we would totally be all about that. We'll just come hold kittens. Um, yeah, I would love to. I would love to hear from people too, and all, you know the other pet options that we have not touched upon. Yeah. Um, if you have any dog breed recommendations for me, even though I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning, but I'm still open. Um, if you know of golden doodle breed- breeders in Southern California, um, yeah, reach out to us, email at hello at com or find this episode 71. Um, when you go to com and leave a comment or find us on all of the social medias,
1: all this was socials. fun. Yeah, this was very fun. A little different, a little departure from our usual, but, um, it's a lot of fun. We always want to hear from you guys too. So. Yes. All right. I guess that's, is that good for this week? That's it. We will be back next week. Thanks everybody. All right. See you then.
0: Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them
1: unplug. That is amazing.